Welcome to the Sent from Disneyland podcast. Pure age relives fond memories of the past. If it's your first time joining us, welcome. On this episode, we'll take a journey into the past and explore Disneyland and Disneyland history with mementos, snapshots, and postcards sent from Disneyland from 1955 to the present. Today, I'm starting off by thanking my patrons from Patreon.com. You can join and receive mail from my desk or from my Disneyland trips. Special thanks to Random Olive, the first patron to this podcast, and to the e-ticket patrons to Nia, Eric Daniels, Joe Gamble, Scott Booker, Monica Seats Vega, Russ Romano, Michael and Christina Cross, Scott Cagle, and Sheila Harry. See ticket patrons serious inquiries only, Debbie Weinstein, Jennifer Schneep, Grace Coat, Brian Crawford, Ben and Noel Bruning, Patty Wolin, Angela Reynolds, and Aaron Moran. B ticket patrons Jeff and Paige Orton and Joshua and Exorable Tosh Bell. And the A ticket patrons Elise Sharp, Zealot Infinity, Alexis Robles, Maggie and Henry Byers, the Disney Rewind Podcast, Angel DeBlock, and the All Aboard Podcast. You can also sign up for my new newsletter for a chance to get some postcards delivered by the USPS to your mailbox. I am your host, your post host, Clocky. And today, we have two postcards sent from Disneyland. The front of our first postcard has City Hall on Main Street, USA. You can see most of Town Square from the viewpoint of the flagpole. You can see the horse-drawn streetcar going past one of the Town Square cannons. And if you look closely, you can see one of the old information booths towards the front of the park. On the back it reads, At Disneyland, the leisurely pace of yesterday is set by the horse-drawn trolley as it circles Disneyland's Town Square. It's postmarked November 9, 1956, with a Long Beach, Wear Your Red Feather Proudly cancel, and a two-cent red Jefferson postage stamp, Scott number 1033. I assume they visited the park on Friday, November 9, 1956, when park hours were from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. The weather was a high of 100 and a low of 52. Park attendance that day was 2,949. It's addressed to Mr. and Mrs. K. O. Plow of San Francisco, California. It reads, Dear Mom, Dad, and John, We are on the bus. We're coming back from Disneyland. I'm having a wonderful time. We're going to a banquet tonight. The weather is boiling. We're going to march tomorrow, Saturday. Love, Jane. Before we get into the Disneyland history, I wanted to point out the Wear Your Red Feather Proudly postmark. It was referring to pride with donating to your local community chess, now known as the United Way. With the recent news about a famous roadside restaurant closing, I thought it'd be interesting to see what was the first restaurant to close in Disneyland. I was surprised to find out that the original Casa de Fritos, which opened on August 11, 1955, closed in 1956. Technically, it also reopened in 1956 in a new location and remained open and named Casa de Fritos until 1982. The original location was between the Golden Horseshoe and what is today the Riverbell Terrace. The Frito Company has been around since 1932, created by C.E. Doolin, who created Fritos by frying strips of tortilla, the same way you would fry potatoes to make potato chips, but only to make small corn chips instead. Most of the meals from Casa de Fritos included Fritos on the side, Plus, inside the small restaurant stood a coin-operated Frito dispenser. For one nickel, you could get a bag of Fritos from the Frito Kid. This life-size statue stood in front of a miniature mountain, and at the top of the mountain was an opening connected to a slide. Once a coin was accepted, the Frito Kid would call to his friend Klondike to send down a bag of Fritos. The bag would slide down from the mountain's opening 
to the guest. The Frito Kid, played in person by Michael Dunn, made live appearances and even showed up at Disneyland in character. The original menu included Mexican rice, tamales, chili and beans, Frito chili pie, Frito tamale special, Mexican combination plate, and enchilada. All the menu items were under $1 and included free Fritos with each dish. At the time, Mexican food was not as prevalent as it is today. There are a few stories on DaveLandWeb.com about guests pouring hot sauce on their food, the way they would put ketchup on a burger, or pointing at a menu item and mispronouncing burrito as bandino. One of the more interesting items on the menu was the ta cup. The founder of the Frito Company invented an edible tortilla bowl, and they were exclusively made in Dallas at the Frito headquarters and in Disneyland. Eventually, Casa de Fritos became too popular and closed for a short time in 1956 and reopened the same year, replacing the Marshal's Office in Frontierland. Listen to episode 171, sent from the Marshal's Office, for the history of that attraction. Once gone, the original home of Casa de Fritos made room for a new restaurant. Listen to episode 180, sent with a silver banjo, for that story. Great news, Enfield Post is back up on Etsy. Grabbing some vintage stamps is a great way to plus your mail. Whether you're trying to match the color of your postcard or envelope, or adding a theme stamp to the back of your mail, be sure to check out Enfield Post. You can head over to EnfieldPost.com and explore all the different vintage stamps you can use on your next card or letter. That's E-N-F-I-E-L-D-P-O-S-T on Instagram and EnfieldPost.com for your wedding and vintage postage needs. Enfield Post is the official postage stamp sponsor of the Sent from Disneyland podcast. The front of our next postcard has the finale of the Country Bear Jamboree. You can see the five bear rugs playing on the top stage, Teddy Barra swinging above, Gomer on the piano, the sunbonnets, and Wendell playing the mandolin. On the back it reads, The Country Bear Jamboree, Disneyland's bear country, features the zaniest troop of performers ever seen in the Country Bear Jamboree. A foot stomp in Western Hoedown, they sing, swing, and strum guitars in the finest tradition of wild frontier musicals. It's postmarked, December 28, 1976, with an Anaheim cancel and a nine-cent right of people peaceably to assemble Capitol Dome postage stamp, Scott number 1591. I assume they visit the park on Monday, December 27, 1976, when park hours were from 8 a.m. to midnight. The weather was a high of 75 and a low of 43. It's addressed to Wilberta Morris and Mom of Port Angeles, Washington. It reads, Dear Mom and Wilberta, Hi, we are having fun in L.A. This is a picture of the Country Bear Jamboree in Disneyland. Disneyland is really fun. Today we're going to Hollywood. The rest of the family says hi too. Love, Diane. Looking outside of Disneyland, there has been recent news about Pea Soup Anderson in Buellton closing. I've driven by that location a few times while heading to Solvang. Being from Northern California, I'm more familiar with the Santanella location. The P. Soup Andersons in Santanella is the halfway point between Sacramento and Disneyland. On a recent trip, we stopped there coming back from the park to recharge my friend's car. During the rest of the drive back, we looked up some of the history behind the restaurant. The original restaurant was founded in 1924 by husband and wife Anton and Juliet Anderson. Originally, it was called Anderson's Electric Cafe because they had a new electric stove. Pea soup was added to the menu shortly after the restaurant opened. This was a family recipe handed down through Juliet's relatives. The roadside restaurant was right off of the 101, 
which many people would use to get to Southern California from the Bay Area before Interstate 5 connected most of California. In 1928, the Andersons added a hotel and dining room. In 1930, their son Robert, who had recently graduated from Stanford, took over the business and was nicknamed Pisu Banderson. This also became the name of the business in 1947. The two chefs on their signage were from a cartoon called Little Known Occupations and are named Happy and Pee-wee. These characters were on the billboards up and down Highway 101. For a short time in the 50s, there was a commercial made by Art Clokey, who would soon create Gumby. The company was purchased in the mid-60s, and the Santanella location opened in 1976. There were three additional locations added in the 80s, one in Mammoth Lake, one in Carlsbad, and one in Selma. The latter of these three was on Pea Soup Anderson Boulevard, though none of these locations are around anymore. Although the fate of the Buellton restaurant is in limbo, the almost 100-year-old business is still open in Santanella. So the next time you're heading to Southern California from Northern California, or vice versa, stop by for their traveler special. This incoming postcard is sponsored by the Art Throwdown. Art Throwdown, or ATD, is an online craft hour on Instagram, starting at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 Pacific. Be sure to check out Monday's ATD, which is usually hosted by a paper artist, Russ Romano. I see many amazing art projects, learned about awesome postmarks, postage stamp history, and a lot more on different episodes. It's great to stop in for an hour to watch someone craft or design something unique. Each host brings something a little different to each show. I'll list some of the regular hosts, or you can follow RussRomano2021 on Instagram. The front of my incoming postcard has two images of Columbia State Historic Park. You can see the snow coming down on one of the main streets, and some storefronts with a small snowman standing in front of the bookshop. On the back it reads, Columbia State Historic Park, California. Columbia is one of the best-preserved gold rush towns in all of California's motherlode. In summer, today's Columbia is lively with visitors, special events, displays, and unique shops. It's postmarked January 2nd, 2024, with a Sacramento cancel and a United States flag forever postage stamp, Scott number 5162. It reads, 12-30-2023. Hi, Clocky. I just spent the day exploring Columbia, a fun old mining town in Gold Rush country. It's definitely worth a visit. Hope you're well. Happy New Year, Angela. Thank you so much for the postcard, Angela. I have been to Columbia multiple times in my life, sometimes just driving through to get to Sonora or surrounding towns looking for antique shops. But I have spent some time just in the town. This card, plus news about Pisu Bandersons, reminds me and hopefully reminds everyone to stop by at touristy places and enjoy what we have, either near us or en route to our planned destinations. Thanks for listening to Sent from Disneyland. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and tell your friends. It would be helpful to share your favorite episode to a friend or on social media. There are over 200 to choose from. It would also help to leave a five-star rating and comment on whatever podcast platform you use. If you'd like to support the show financially, please check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash sentfromdisneyland. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at sentfromdisneyland or on Twitter at sentfromdisney. For questions and comments, send me a postcard addressed to sentfromdisneyland, P.O. Box 44, Hood, California, 95639. This podcast is not affiliated with Disney, the United States Postal Service, or any post office or Disney properties. Opinions expressed on this podcast belong to its host and guest of the Sent from Disneyland podcast. 